Hello and welcome to Profiles in Risk. This is your host, Tony Canyas, and today we are recording a special episode of Profiles in Risk. Special because today I'm not chatting with an InsurTech founder. I am chatting with Andrew Pete, who is a former lecturer at the University of, I forgot. Wales, Tony. Of Wales, at the University of Wales, <laughs> uh, and an insurance professional. And we're talking about a very special topic of why insurance carriers, insurance organizations in general, should hire people who come from the teaching professor education space. So, Andrew, thank you for joining me today. Uh, thank you for asking me on, Tony. It's, it's a real pleasure to be here. Sa same here. So, so basically, uh, this whole thing started, with, I started looking for teachers in order to make some short videos about hey, teachers, insurance is a great career. This is how you make the transition. And when I reached out to you to, to, to try to get you to do, be one, one, one of those videos, you had the idea of let's talk about the other side of the coin. Let's talk about why, why carriers should hire educators. So, so why? Why are teachers, educators, professors, et cetera, such good hires for insurance organizations? Yeah, I, I think I'd, I'd go, I'd take a little step back Tony as well. I mean, if we're talking about uh, educators, I'd take educators at any level. Um, I think when you're looking at the characteristics and the attributes that, that they have, they're extremely well suited to fit into organisations at, at any level. Now, that level might be at um, sort of a, a, a customer service type role. So I'm thinking characteristics, attributes, very, very important to, to, to have patience in there. Um, very, very important to, to be able to explain things incredibly clearly. Uh, but then if you're talking about moving uh, onwards and upwards through an organization and actually considering educators in roles, supervisory roles um, or management roles, I, I think there there's even more value that can be added. Um, I, I mean, from, from my perspective, Here's a little story. I was lecturing um, a, a corporate strategy course at the, at the University of Wales on a, a master's in management program. And I just knew that a ton of the guys and girls that were in that lecture theatre, there were about 60 odd of them, actually didn't want to be there. Um, so, so from my point of view, um, to have 60 or 70 people in there, some of whom who didn't want to be there, you know, they, they just wanted the extra year and mom and pop would would pay for them to, to stay on at university. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but but that's where it was. And under those circumstances, you know, you've got to really be inspirational in, in, in what you're doing. And I think a good educator has that quality. They have that ability to inspire, engage, um, even when you know, initially someone doesn't want to want to be there. And I can draw some comparisons um, to, let's talk about sort of the, the contact centre type operations. Um, and I, I've run a, a large contact centre type operation myself. And it's a real challenge to actually get people on board um, and get them to, to, to want to be there because they want to be there. Uh, it, it, do you understand what I mean? In, in, in that oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, uh, here in the states, uh, in 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 the call centers, uh, they're they're large. They're very large. Um, oh. And, and 
the the kids in there didn't grow up wanting to work in insurance and then they graduated usually with a college degree and and uh they 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 didn't want to work in a call center they're in a call center because that's the job that was available uh and they're seeing it not as a career they're seeing it as a job and and they're, and they're within all of insurance uh most entry level people think of this as a temporary job until they find their real career yeah uh and in the in the contact center even more no absolutely right yeah it's an interesting i mean another story is my my youngest son uh, who is now um 30 34 he didn't want to go to college um and he didn't know what he wanted to do so he actually ended up taking a job in uh, in Allianz in the UK um and uh, he was in the post room so he started in the post room and he was really lucky to have a string a series of good good um supervisors managers etc who saw him go through the stage to now where at 34 he's he's running a small team of his own um and sees a great future for himself in insurance and i think if you you, you sort of draw the comparison you look at the skills you need to do that um i i think so often they they are they are lacking that they are lacking is 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 my observation um and and i see turnover at ridiculous I, levels so the part of it is i agree completely i've been giving my my presentation on millennials for about 8 years now and uh, i'm always t- telling every audience that it is our job to to sell the mission of insurance to new employees it is our, our job to help them visualize the the different areas they can grow into because they didn't grow up wanting to do this they have no idea different roles there are and that that it, it is our job to help them figure out how to grow uh and and that's we just don't do it much and and part of the problem is is a management problem part, part of the problem is that the supervisor the managers etc they grew up here in in the call center or, or in claims or whatever they don't understand the bigger picture of insurance and of the company and they are not measured on their people growing they, right so somebody uh leaving the company or growing into underwriting instead of instead of claims or instead of customer service basic accounts the same to this manager or the supervisor because they're they're measured in an in the, in just aggregate of their people's numbers uh, so they, they just don't have the incentive and we do need to change that but i think what you're getting to and which i agree completely is that that if we had a bunch of of teachers educators uh, people who, who thrive on developing people, whether they're being measured on it or not, that's just who they are and what they're trained to do. Uh, they are going to be so much better at, at even if, the, even if we're not managing the, 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 even if we're not rewarding them for helping people grow. And even if we're not, uh, penalizing them for, for, for when people don't grow, they're going to do it by nature. Yeah, no, that, that's absolutely right. I mean, a, a good educator is looking for opportunities to coach. They're looking for opportunities to, to, to develop people. But I think alongside that, they, they've got the skills to, to, to actually communicate effectively 
um, as, as well and to be concise and to be clear and to be direct. You know, I find that, you know, people in education are not frightened about having what I call a fierce conversation. Um, they, 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 they can tell it how it is. They, they, they're used to telling it how it is, uh, particularly when you've, you've got issues. You know, when, when, I, when I look at uh, ed education generally, I mean, certainly from the point of view of high school, I think behaviour is one of the, the challenges. And again, I draw some similarities to if you're looking at a, a large operation, and we both mentioned contact centres, but the, the level of maturity in those, those operations is sometimes mixed uh, at best and, 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 and often lacking. So, so once again, I think someone with the right background um, has the capability to deal with that and to deal with it, with it in such a way that it doesn't diminish that person's self-esteem. Um, they look at it uh, as opportunities to, um, to, to grow the person. And, and I think that's, that's why I, I thought when you put that note out, I thought that, yeah, that's absolute, you know, spot on in terms of an observation of, of the type of people um, you, um, you you need to get and, and the sort of skills that they need to be in those scenarios, those situations. So if I understood your last comment correctly, okay, so, so, so people get to young adulthood and some people grow up faster than others. So some people mature very fast and, and, and they just kill it in uni and college and, and, and they graduate and they, they go to big jobs and other equally intelligent people just mature slower. Uh, I very much count myself uh, in that group. Uh, <laughs> and we, we graduate uni or college and, and with little idea what we're doing with, with our lives. Uh, and it might be two, three, four, five years later when we start really uh, developing into solid professionals, having a a manager, a supervisor that recognizes the potential and that encourages us to 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 grow and and that gives us the tools to grow and that recognizes our, our learning style, et cetera, et cetera, uh, can be the catalyst yeah. for a yeah. fantastic long term professional. Yeah, I mean that, that, that's very important. I think from the point of view of the development as well. So someone coming from a teaching background is is used to planning people's development. Um, they're used to setting targets in terms of development, understanding how important it is to achieve those targets along the way. Um, and, and I think from that sort of uh, situation, again, very important to, to, to move that into the workplace because I think so often what... I think it's, there's an awful lot of lip service paid to development plans um, and so the delivery of those development plans, um, and I think there's an awful lot of uh, lip service in some instances paid to actually having regular conversations with people about their development, about their behaviours, and what they need to do to, to move along to the, to the next level. Um, and, and there are some organisations that are very good, and I'd, I'd certainly count Allianz in, in that from personal experience, and there are others that are not quite so good. Um, uh, and, and that's not confined to, to smaller carriers. That's that's across the the, the, the board. Yeah, I, I would one hundred percent agree with that. I, I've seen um, 
companies that absolutely thrive on on helping people grow they, they tend to be smaller small smaller and medium-sized carriers here in the states uh and i've also seen organizations that that talk a good game but especially at the bottom levels uh yeah everybody needs a development plan and everybody needs to 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 be investing in, in their continuous improvement and stuff but yeah but don't you spend any time away from the phones in fact, I, 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 have, I have a story. Uh, so my co-founder at, at Insurance Nerds, uh, Carly. Carly, I, I was, so I spent a year in the call center at Farm Bureau of Iowa. And then I moved over to a different company. And, and Kylie was at this company and she was in the call center when I met her. And super promising, super smart. Uh, very quickly after I met her, started working on her, M, on her CPCU and her MBA, finished both. Wow. Um, and uh, I uh, recommended to, to, to Carly that, that, that it made a lot of sense to join Toastmasters because uh, she, she, she was a lot better with, with, with data and details than I was, but didn't have my, my confidence in my public speaking. So I recommended she join Toastmasters and there happened to be a Toastmasters group that meets right in the office. However, the office has two large buildings that are right next to each other in Des Moines, Iowa, uh, and, and on the same street. And a lot of the professional level jobs are at 1100. Uh, and a lot of the call center type jobs are at 1200. Yeah, so she worked at 1200. And uh, basically, w- uh, the Toastmasters group uh, met at 11 a- at 11 a.m. every Tuesday. Uh, and it was an hour long meeting. And it, on top of that, it, it would take her maybe 10 minutes to walk from 1200 to 1100 for the meeting. Well, she couldn't get permission to. Basically, they, they uh, her lunch was theoretically 45 minutes, and they were not willing to bend on that for her for her development after she had already invested in, in herself, right? That, that's that's astonishing to to, to yeah, hear that. Uh, I mean, mind blowing, mind, and they lost yeah, her, of course. It, it and, and, is. And, and under those circumstances, you know, there should be time allocated for people to develop the way they want to develop. So, as well as structured learning that you would expect to have in the workplace, so uh, necessary skills, necessary product knowledge, knowledge, etc., you've also got to give people that freedom to actually do some stuff for themselves to develop themselves. And there's no doubt the example that you provided was, was you know, a, a great example of someone wanting to do that. And it would have been in the interest of the organization to allow them to do it. They had so, already paid for her CPCU and they were in the process of paying for her MBA and they were unwilling to give her 15 minutes at lunch. And I believe you are frozen. <laughs> Just waiting on you, on you to come back. Let's hope I remember. My internet died. I'm back. Um, um, I just turned around. I was suspicious that it might have been my internet. Yeah. That's been yeah. dying. So what regularly today? What, what I was saying was um, 
that so they were paying for they they were paying for a CPCU they were paying for MBA not letting the, not letting her take uh take fifteen minutes extra at lunch. Yeah, that's that's just that's just crazy. I mean that that tells you that t potentially tells you two things. It tells you a little bit about the organization. It may well tell you a little bit about the the the, the line manager. And um, and that's that's exactly the problem. And that's the problem. I can't tell you how often I, I talk, I give career advice to people and I tell them to do CPCU uh, and they come back a week later and they're like, I talked to my manager, my manager doesn't think it's valuable and uh, my company doesn't want to pay for it, right? And, and uh, or the company wants to pay for it, but my manager doesn't think it's valuable. Why does that happen? That's well, a that, tremendous qualification. That, that, yeah, and, and that happens because they're in claims or in the call center and their manager grew up in that call center so so the, all the only thing that man, that supervisor that manager knows how to what how to do the only thing they value is the phone getting answered quickly and getting you off the phone quickly yeah that's uh, that's so that's so short-sighted i mean I, I it's so short-sighted it is i spoke at a cpcu event a couple of years back down in kansas and it was really evident to me talking to people, the value of that of that qualification is immense. And it's not just from the point of view of, you know, the technical stuff that's that's in there. It's just the industry, it's the industry information that, that is gleaned. It's it's the it's the network that you build, it's the camaraderie that you create across the events that you attend. Absolutely invaluable. And it's if you're recommending it, I mean it, you know, it's the best thing you can be recommending for people to do. Tr tremendous. Yeah. And, and, um, and if, 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 you, if you talk to the CEO of the company, chances are the CEO would be like, of course I want them to do it. But there, there's a middle management problem where, 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 and it's not even, it's it's more like lower. It's, it's like frontline management doesn't yeah. understand the value. The company is doing something wrong that's leading to them not understanding the value. Uh, that's that's really interesting. I mean, that 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 could be a whole another conversation. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. That, That's that's where you're talking about organisations that are at at best disconnected, mm -hmm. um, but at worst they're dysfunctional. Um, so you know, the disconnected organisation is where each, each level doesn't really know what's what's happening at the other level. Mm -hmm. They think they think that that they're um, their desires from a senior level are being delivered throughout the organization, but because it's disconnected, that communication is not happening. Um, and, and the dysfunctional organization, well, I can leave that to your imagination. Um, so, but but th those are the organizations which will see massive degrees of turnover. So um, we, we, we talked about the advantage of educators in customer service, in, in, in uh, as first-line managers. Uh, I, I'm curious on have uh, what about the at the executive levels? Have you have you ran into executives who come from the education space who are now in insurance and 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 what about education has helped them in their in in their in their executive level careers? I mean that, that's a great question and and I, without giving that a great deal of thought and and I will do. Um, uh, uh, and come back to you. I can't. I can't bring to mind anyone who is in an executive type of role who has come through an education background. 
I can think of um, uh, examples from when I did my uh, my MBA. Um, there were a number of uh, professors at the business school who had their own sort of business interests, and some of them were 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 occupying senior roles in a non-exec capacity um, in in organisations and bringing with them not just their wealth of um, you know technical knowledge, subject matter expertise, etc. Uh, but but also their capability to manage what can be often with boards difficult groups of people with with strong opinions um yeah and, that, that and is a... they are they're absolute experts um at, at doing that they, mm -hmm. they use that combination of their subject matter expertise their expertise in terms of communication um, and, uh, and, and and knowledge, etc., to actually control those those groups. Um, it, yes, it's astonishing if you you sit in board meetings, and I'm sure you have, how the characters, the individuals, um, can can really can really get leave the meeting, and you wonder what was all that about. That that's a very good point. I bet I, I'm going to have to do some some looking to see. Uh who I know that C-level that had an education background before their insurance career. Uh, but, but yes, I bet that they, uh, that every CEO staff would benefit from an education person helping better communicate, better manage the board relationship. Yeah. yeah that, that makes a lot of sense. I think I think without doubt, and and for, for the reason that I said, you get you get lots of very strong personalities uh, on a board. Generally speaking, occasionally you don't. Occasionally you get sort of the, the, the more technical um, folk on on a board. Um, and there are two things that are very important. There, what one is to make sure you've got the balance within that type of environment. Make sure everyone has says what they need to say. Um, and and to, to make sure that it's totally inclusive um, in 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 terms of the environment. I think that's the other thing that educators are pretty good at is making sure no one is left out. So important. So yeah, encourage encourage the quiet to speak um, and uh, control. The the, uh, the 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 ones that generally have too much to say. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yes, uh, control the Tonys. Uh, no, not time, so. Encouraging the the quiet ones to actually say what they're thinking. Yeah. No, that's absolutely right. Yeah, I think I think that's uh, another very valid and valuable skill. That uh, educators bring to the uh, Andrew, it's it's been a pleasure uh, running out of time here, and my apologies for for the yeah, site technical no. issues. Uh, but I, I look forward to keep to keep uh, collaborating on this topic. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to I'd like to uh, investigate a, a little further, and uh, as a matter of fact, I've reached out to one of my old professors um, to, to to talk on that very topic. So uh, th there's actually, believe it or not, I actually think there's a book there somewhere. I um, no, I 100% I believe it, and insurance nerds would love to publish that. 
Yeah, that's um, right. Well, I'm going, to talk, I'm going to be talking to Graham and, uh, and we, we're going to have that conversation. It could be, if you're interested, we'll loop you into the conversation as yes. well. No, I, I definitely am. Definitely am. So, yeah. so keep me posted. Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, thank have, you, have... and thanks for um, thanks for allowing an old man to ramble on. <laughs> I very much appreciate your time. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye. Bye.